Oh, great. Okay, terrific. Um, so today is uh, Friday, April 5th, 2019, and this is the Fictionals A New Book Group. And tonight we're discussing uh, Kathleen Rooney's novel, Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk. I'm going to just give you a little information about her. Um, she was born in Beckley, West Virginia. And she was raised in the Midwest. She graduated from George Washington University and has a Master's of Fine Art in Writing, Literature, and Publishing from Emerson College. She's written nine books. Hey, Michelle, Michelle, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can, can you sign off of your computer because you're echoing and I think it's picking up. I can, I can sign off of the computer. The only problem I have is, is that I can't see who's in the room then. Maybe you could turn the volume down on the computer. Yeah, turn yeah, the volume yeah, yeah. down. That's, the, that'll work. The volume. You know what? I'm going to just take my, um, yeah. I'm going to unplug my headphone. Maybe that'll take care of it. Oh, that might. No? Well, am, I, am, I, am I still echoing? Yes. Yeah. I'm still echoing. Um, I actually, I'll just have to not use the computer. Well, I mean, um, is, there, is it easy to unplug the microphone from your computer, or is that difficult? I just, I just unplug the microphone. So, so I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the problem oh, is. Um, I was, Sherry, it, it, would you be able to call, if I shut my computer off, would you be able to call on people Absolutely. instead of me? Absolutely. Okay, so I'll shut the computer off then. I can do that if, if Sherry can't, so. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll shut it right now, so that way you won't hear. I, I hear the feedback, too. I thought it was just my phone. Um, I'm shutting it right now, yep, so it should, should stop in a minute. It said you left. Okay, let's let's yeah. try this again. Oh, much um, better. <laughs> okay, this is the Fiction Olds and New Book Group, and today is Friday, April fifth, two thousand nineteen. We're discussing Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. Uh, so here's some information about her. She was born in Beckley, West Virginia and raised in the Midwest. She graduated from George Washington University and has a Master's of Fine Art in Writing, Literature, and Publishing from Emerson College. She's written nine books, a mixture of novels, nonfiction, and poetry. Her first book, which was published in 2005, was called Reading with Oprah, The Book Club That Changed America. One of her essays, Live Nude Girls, My Life as an Object, was turned into an acclaimed nonfiction book. Um, with several other poets, she founded the nonprofit Poems While You Wait, where poets are created, po poems, I'm sorry, are created on demand at libraries, museums, and festivals in Chicago. She teaches English literature at DePaul University and was a former aide to uh, Senator Dick Durbin. She's married to the writer Martin Say. Martin Say, it was interesting when I saw that because he wrote this book called The Mirror Thief that I've been wanting to read like a long time. And I said, I should really read that book. Um, and Lillian Boxfish um, was published in 2000, Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk was published in 2017. Um, so since I have the microphone, I, I might as well just 
start, and then we'll, we'll what, what we usually do is we go around individually and just allow everybody to have, you know, just a minute or two to say some of their thoughts about the book. Um, so I, um, I uh, live actually in New York City. In, 19, in the 1980s, I did not live in New York City, but I worked in New York City. So the atmosphere of the story was very familiar to me because I remember what it was like to be here during that time. And even though I don't, I don't think New York City is a particularly safe place to live, it was less safe in the 1980s. There was a lot more to be vigilant for then, even though now you have to be vigilant too. But I would say it's a little safer now than, than it was then. Um, so I, I kind of liked all, you know, those, that part of the story. For me, it, it had a lot of resonance. Um, I thought she was crazy, to be honest, to go from where she lived, which is kind of near Midtown and Murray Hill, all the way down to Wall Street, particularly at that time, because at that time, there wasn't really people living in that area. It was very desolate. Even I worked actually in that area in the early 1990s. And even if you had to go to work on the weekends and stuff, it was really deserted down there. So I was really surprised, you know, and I knew something was going to happen when she took that walk because I just thought who would walk from Midtown all the way down there? I just was stunned. Um, I thought of her like a character. She was like a character, like what people describe people as characters. That's how she seemed to me. She just, you know, she was opinionated and she had her own like way of dealing with things. I liked her, but I can see that, you know, a lot of people would find her maybe a little bit odd. But I liked um, the, I really liked the parts of the story with her husband. I liked their romance. I thought that was very sweet. And I really liked when she got to the restaurant and the family invited her to have dinner also. Um, so there were a lot, I don't want to do the whole book. So um, Sherry, I will turn it over to okay. you now. I will go down the list here, and Alan, you're at the top, so you can start. Yeah, uh, I had a hard time getting into the book, but I ended up really liking it. I mean, uh, I, I think part of my problem, the, the narrator was good, I think, and I enjoyed the interview with the author after the book between the, the narrator and the author. But mm -hmm. I think it just took me a while to get used to the narrator's style and voice and stuff, but uh I really, I really liked Lily and herself. Uh, I mean, my, I think my favorite scene in the whole book was when they were interviewing in 1980 on that advertising program. Mm -hmm. they, had, they had, they had the different people from, you know, the newer generation of advertising people and they had her on there and she just said, you know, uh, you know, I, I really don't just think I like the way people are anymore. And just, uh, you know, she kind of stuck it to them and then walked out and, uh, I, Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciated that. And of course, I've always liked words and the use of language. I'm, I'm real discouraged by the fact that it seems like everybody, all they want to do nowadays to communicate is do a YouTube video and stuff. And, and it's like people don't know how to use language anymore. And she was obviously an expert at it. And just, uh, I really liked that about her. And, uh, uh, and, and that scene where she was, you know, bargaining her mink for that guy's jacket and stuff, I thought was, she just, I mean, she really liked, to talk to people and, and kind of find out where people were. And I, and I really appreciated that about her and stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. So I'll give somebody else a shot. Okay. Liz, you're next. Um, well, I really enjoyed this book too. Um, 
I like characters, <laughs> and she certainly qualifies for that. Um, I liked her talking about her career. I liked the fact that she was like ahead of herself, even though she she mentioned several times about her parents. We never really found out what happened. There there seemed to be some backstory there that we didn't know about that that she, there was such a disconnect between she and her parents and it might have been just that she was really far ahead of her time um in terms of her independence and her kind of wild lifestyle but i think the thing that i liked the most is she reminded me of a mutual friend of marcia and my um tina um and tina was in her mid-80s when she passed away about three years ago and Tina could be abrasive, and she certainly was opinionated, and she was crazy, too. I mean, she was crazy wild in a, in a fun way. Um, she, you know, traveled the world and did all this inter interesting things and always had some interesting information. And so when I was reading about Lillian, I was kind of reminiscing about Tina, too. So for me, there was just a little personal pull there. But I, I really enjoyed this book. It was fun. I did also think that just, okay, not only – the area that she was walking in, but just the amount of miles that that 85 year old woman put in. And I was like, wow, I think I can do that now. <laughs> okay. Mary Ellen. I thought the book was cute, except the narrator reminded me of somebody I knew about 30 years ago that irritated the living daylights out of me. Oh dear. <laughs> but I, I like, the book and I think you know she was such such a classy lady the way she handled those gangsters I mean that takes a lot of guts but that's all I have to say but I just I mean I thought it was a neat book because it was very very different uh, Marsha well, I'm liking the book. As, as it seems my pattern has been lately, I haven't finished the last couple of books by the, by the uh, deadline of this meeting. But uh, I, it took me a while to get into it also. And, uh, but I, I really like it, and Liz is right. And I had just gotten started with the book when we were talking yesterday, and she said that, it, that uh, Lillian, Lillian's... Uh, character reminded her of Tina and the more I get to to be you know get reading this it's like Liz you are so right that that is <laughs> definitely Tina and uh, but I am liking it and will continue to keep reading and I would not make that trip uh, even today uh, no <laughs> New York at my age and I the, the woman has real to be uh, walking the streets of New York at the age of 85 on New Year's Eve. So I'm going to just continue reading and see what happens. And uh, um, thanks for recommending the book. Oh, the, the, the narrator. I don't know if it's my hearing or what, but it seems like she mumbles a lot. And she was not. She wasn't a good narrator. No, no. she spoke very low, and it was hard yeah. to understand her. And I had I have to turn the volume up way more than I normally do to read a book. So, but anyway, I I think I would have gotten into it much sooner had there been a different narrator. Okay, Don. Yeah, um, 
I didn't like the book. I didn't like the reader. It was really hard to understand, I guess, pain. Okay, I think we lost you. I guess we can come back to him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I um No, he's there. Okay, go oh, ahead, okay. Don. Sorry. Uh, is this any better? That is better. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Got the other mic. Yeah. I I uh the book the reader was just almost impossible for me to understand. I had to slow it down and so as you say, you should turn up the volume. And I read part way in, but I didn't get very far in the book. It was, I don't know, I just didn't like the book. It might get, sounds like it got more interesting later on. I'll have to finish. Well, this is Sherry, and I, I had trouble getting into it too. I, I, I thought even about quitting, but then I'm glad I didn't because I did end up liking it. And I had trouble with the narrator too. I kept adjusting the tone and I couldn't listen to it at my normal speed. And I found that annoying. I did think you had to suspend belief a couple times. I mean, this is an intelligent woman who would give all their money away to somebody at a 7-Eleven or whatever that place was. That, that is just stupidity. You would at least keep enough in case of an emergency cab that you needed or something. But, you know, I I don't know. I, I found that very hard to believe. And I found the scene with the the criminals, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe she, they were so surprised. That one I didn't find as hard to believe as her giving away every last penny of her money because she was smart. But I did like the book. So uh, let's open it up for general discussion. Well, I, I the, like there were a couple of things that I worried about when I picked this book because I, I, had, uh, I recommended it to a friend of mine who lived for a long time in Brooklyn and I thought she would really like this book and she didn't and she thought it was kind of sad that there was a lot of uh, scenes that you know you went back and you, and you sort of reviewed her whole life and it made her feel kind of sad um, so I, I kind of worried that maybe people might find some of the story a little bit sad and um, and you know but she did she did strike me I mean there are I've certainly met plenty of people like her there are there are people that are just they're very independent they have their own way of thinking and they would do something which I you know I wouldn't have done that if I was 25 I mean <laughs> walk from mm -hmm. midtown all the way down there because it's just not safe there's so many empty spots along the way so I, I knew something was going to happen. And when she ran, like, from, she kept meeting all these people, and they were very nice to her, like the limo driver and the guy at the construction site. But I kept waiting for something terrible Ugh. to happen because I said, how could it be that, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a magical fairy tale. There has to be something bad, bad that happened. But did you guys find, like, when she talked about her life, did it make you feel sad? Or what, what did you think about it? I didn't feel sad. I, I, I thought it was very interesting, and I, I would say she's had, had a life well-lived. Um, she had fun. She had lots of friends, and I, it didn't make me feel sad at all. No, me either. I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. if poignant, maybe, but not even – I mean, she lost Max, unfortunately, and she would have liked to have kept him. But, yeah, she a, a life well-lived is a good way to put it. Yeah. I wasn't sad at all. He, I mean, it didn't make me sad. I mean, she just had a really long, a long um, life-filled existence, and she had friends and money and a good career, and 
uh, family and everything. And no, and I, cats. And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, another another thing that was interesting too was they when they talked about what it was like to be a woman in the 30s because they expected you to stop working if you got pregnant, and mm. she didn't make as much money as the men. And, you know, it was it was interesting to hear all that. And, and um, I'm, I'm sure all of you heard the interview, but she was inspired by a real life woman named Margaret Fishback, mm-hmm. who um, apparently had this this career going. And I guess she just sort of, you know, took her name a little bit in a way and, and sort of made a story. So and I, I liked I loved her romance with Max, but I worried that she was more in love with him than he was with her. What did you guys think? You know what? I couldn't. I thought that that part was kind of muddy. I don't. I didn't quite understand how the relationship broke apart, and I don't know if I just missed something, but I don't understand exactly what happened there. I don't either. I didn't. didn't he have an affair? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he ended up with a, a woman I, I, who a was younger, simpler. Younger woman he worked. He worked with. He was like thirty-nine. Right. That was Julia. Yeah. Right. Right. And and yeah, obviously, you know, it's it, she seemed to be way more in love the, with him than he was with her. For him to leave her for another woman, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that he loved her, yeah. but that she was like head over heels crazy for him, and he yeah. loved her, but not not with that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. He also yeah. wanted someone that was going to stay home or something. I'm sorry, Alan, what were you going to say? I, I was just going to say, you know, that they, they didn't get into a lot of the details, but the fact that, that that here she is in a sanitarium, he's asking her to go to Reno for a quick divorce kind of says right. a lot about him. So, yeah. You know, he That's must have been true. a little jerk. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And, does, and do the, did I miss it, or did they explain exactly what happened that she ended up in the sanitarium? Was so she it was an alcoholic. Yeah, she oh, she had okay. alcoholism and depression. They said okay. And didn't she yeah. cut her wrists or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I knew that, but I, I I don't. Were there events leading up to that, or did we just kind of hear that that's what happened to get her into the sanitarium? They did yeah. talk a little bit yeah. there. Yeah. I thought yeah, they, it was. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Alan. I, I was going to say they they just really came to it after the fact when she was thinking back on the whole all the events. They didn't really tell you much about what led up to her feeling like that. Okay, stuff, okay, I mean, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't yeah, think I you assumed it was Max, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, could be. Well, and you know, probably dealing with the fact that she had been like the highest paid woman, and now she was relegated to wife and and mother, and mm-hmm. she probably just it was just kind of like this is not kind of what I expected my life to be like, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I'm sure I, that was she, it. Yeah. She had to make a choice. He didn't. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, they did that really well. One yeah. one of the things that I liked about the book is if there are, I, I remember reading somewhere that they said, I think it's more than half the people that live in New York City live alone. So they're either, wow. they've, nev- they've never been married or they're divorced or they're widows or, you know, whatever. But a lot, a lot of people live alone. And what I thought they did really well was they showed that if you do live alone, a lot of your interactions a lot of times are with people like in stores and things like that, especially like if you're not, if you, if you're not working anymore, if you're working, obviously you're at work and whatever, but she had that kind of way because I think that happens to a lot of people at a certain point, you know, if they're on their own, they see their friends, but they don't see their friends every day. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they, they're limited. A lot of their social life becomes those kind of interactions. And it, it, it definitely rang true to me. I mean, that, that kind of aspect of the story. I thought she, and I was surprised that she had never lived in New York City, the author, because I thought she got the flavor actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe she, I guess she lives in Chicago. So maybe you probably know Sherry it's, if you felt, yeah. Probably a similar environment. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was surprised to hear she didn't live in New York, too. I, I mean, even in my smaller town here in Bloomington, I wouldn't go walking out in the middle of the night. No, no, no I no. wouldn't either. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right, Michelle. I mean, speaking as someone who does live alone, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of social interaction, but you're right on days when I don't have things with friends. I might just see the guy at the bank or at the restaurant or my maintenance guy. And that's okay because actually that feels like a community of sorts too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But she did have a lot of those kind of interactions and they were meaningful to her. And I thought, you know, that's true for a lot of people that they know, you know, I had lunch today at this restaurant that I always go to and I don't know them well, but they know who I am. And it's a little bit of an interaction because they know who you are and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it is, it is that kind of a thing a lot of times um, when people are on their own during the day and whatever. So, you know, I, I like that part of the story. I mean, the part where she ended up in the sanitarium, to me, I, I, I wasn't sure. That was the one part I kind of wondered, you know, did it really fit in the story? But, you know, it, I, it, it could. It could. I mean, her life did change so dramatically because she had to stop working. So... And I guess I, it's surprising to me. I always think the 1930s, really, they were still making women stop working then when they're pregnant, but I guess they, um, were. they were. doing. You know what? Oh, they yeah, were doing yeah. that into the late 70s. Oh, I had yeah. a, a yeah, middle yeah. school teacher. Oh, yeah. As soon as she started showing, they made her quit. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So that would have been yeah. like 73, maybe? No, yeah. no, no. Oh, no, no. That would have been like 70, 71. <laughs> I was in high school by 73, 74. When I was in high school, too, they made any girl that got pregnant had to drop out of school, but the boy who made her pregnant was still in school. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now I can say I think about four or five people in my graduating class were pregnant. and <laughs> My best friend went up and went to school the day, right up until the day she went into labor. So, wow. you know, it's like. Boy, not you school. know, it's it's so funny because I went to high school and there were 700 people in my class when I graduated and not one single person in my school was pregnant. And it it showed, it showed now that doesn't mean people didn't get pregnant, but I went to high school in the 1970s also. And when I told that to somebody, I remember when I started working and I told that to them and they were shocked. They said, how could that be? How could that be? But I think different places, it's it's it, it was not accepted where I was. You would never go to high school pregnant, um, and you know if somebody got pregnant, I don't whatever the they, option they, they picked, went on they an didn't go to school. Trip to Aunt Mabel's or something, you know? Right? Or or, well, or I, they had or no, but it was, abortion was legal, or they had an abortion was the other option when I went to high school at least. Okay, um, went, it, it was legal I then. To, I went to school in the sixties and. Um, I never heard of anybody. Well, I actually heard of one person being pregnant, but, um, you know, you just, it, back then, you went to a home for unwed mothers. Mm-hmm. I, I actually gave a, a, a concert at one, you know, and, and that's where they all went. They had the continu- continuation school when I was, uh, uh, 
in high school, I guess. And uh, when I was a social worker, though, they had a class. They, they were letting the people in. Of course, the pill came in and the abortions became legal. But uh, yeah. uh, it was always a thing of keeping the mothers from getting pregnant <laughs> or the ladies. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember when I was in high school, if you wanted to buy condoms, you had to ask for them at the pharmacy. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's so different now. I mean, if they're, they're everywhere. So it shows you like over time, but anyway, we're, we're straying off the subject. Right, exactly. what, 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 did, what, what did you guys think of her relationship? Like her frenemy with Olive in the office? What did you guys think about that? <laughs> I was going to say too, first though, Michelle, that I, I agree with you that I thought the sanitarium scene Maybe the reason none of us knew what happened there is because it was kind of thrown in there. And yeah. I, you know, but I, I wondered what happened to Olive. I didn't really, uh, the relationship was interesting, but they never really told what happened to her. And That's Helen, true. too. Helen, they said, died, but I would have liked to have known what, you know, how she died, when she died, something. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. That's true. I really I liked Helen a lot. Yeah. Well, they, they said at one point toward the end that she had died the year before, but I'm not sure if it was 1985 when they said it or it was 1980. Oh, okay. They were, they were dancing around between the, those I must two have missed that. for a while. Yeah. I, I liked how she was born in 1899, but she always made herself one year old, younger. Because yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, she wanted yeah. to be born. And I thought, well, you know, at that <laughs> age, what difference does it possibly make? But it made yeah. a difference to her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might have been easier to keep track of her age. The fuck, mm. 1900 and it's 1980. That's true. Okay. You know, I also. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I thought it was kind of odd that she ended up at that party with all those very young. That's people. what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that one guy was just so rude to and he her. Was calling her Nancy yeah. Reagan. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that seems totally normal to me. Like if you're sitting in a park, minding, I had somebody when I first became visually impaired, I got very light sensitive, and when I would go out. I would wear sunglasses and a hat and I looked like I was like in disguise or something. Oh, and I okay. remember sitting in a park, listening to my Victorina stream, minding my own business. And this woman came right in front of me, right in front of me and started taking my picture. Like, like didn't ask me just start. And oh I got God. so mad. I got so mad at her. I said to her, you know, I said, I am very light sensitive. I don't like cameras. You know, the flashes bother me. You didn't ask me, you know, whatever. And I, I, it just rang so true to me that somebody would start taking your picture in a park without asking you, you know, whatever, just, yeah. but she became yeah. friends with her. And, um, and those kind of things happen all the time. And, you know, it's nice if somebody asked you, but they, they don't a lot of times. Hmm. They thought you were somebody famous. No, no, she <laughs> thought I was, no, she actually said to me, I thought you were kind of strange looking. No, she oh, said to me, I'm taking the stuff, oh, and she thought I was very strange looking because I was wearing my hat oh, and my glasses, yeah. and I thought, wow. you know, at least you could lie and be nice about yeah, it, whatever, and oh, I God. said to her, you know, you can't, I said, there's a reason why I'm wearing all this, because I'm very light sensitive, and I need to protect myself, it was very sunny that day, oh. and whatever, so, but it's it's like these weird things happen, I, I don't, I, they probably don't happen all over, they just happen like here, because there's so many people bumping into each other. So, oh no, they happen everywhere. Yeah, if we have time, I'll tell you about a bizarre thing happened to me at breakfast this morning. <laughs> they not they not only bump into one another; they walk in between you and your dog on leash oh. in 
harness. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I don't know. Um, I I really enjoyed the book, and I, I did have a problem hearing it because this lady she was reading to herself, you know, she's you know, and um, I really wonder if that interview was by the same narrator, or I didn't get that. I mean, it didn't sound anything. Yeah. Uh, who, was, who was the interview? I mean, the interview who, sounded totally different pitch and tone. Yeah. She's an audible narrator, XC Sands. Okay. I mean, she's actually yeah. like has done a lot of books, but I don't like her voice. It's too low. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the impression that what she was trying to do is sound like an 85-year-old woman. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, she, you know, she, okay. explained yeah. That. she explained that in an interview. She went through all that. She spent a lot of time trying to... Uh, come up with a voice and, and I mean, right. it, it was kind of tough because I mean I mean she was trying to play this woman from age 85 down to age you know early 30s and stuff well so. she well right. she, did, she yeah. did sound like an older woman but I'll yeah. tell you what she, she should have yeah. would have been better off had she if that was not her regular voice it would have been best off that she just used a regular voice and I'm glad that yeah. I'm not the only one who was having difficulty. oh, oh I no. had a horrible no. job with it. yeah 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 yeah, no, her, she was not, that was, I, I almost didn't pick it because I thought, oh, you know, it's, it right. makes a difference a lot of times, I, the narrator, if it's, it if it's hard to understand the person. It makes, yeah. A narrator yeah. can make or break a book for me. They, uh, me too. Exactly. Mm. And there are so many bard narrators now that have broken books for me. It doesn't happen often to me, but it, it has been known to happen. Oh, Yeah. Well, you know what? Last August in uh, World of Books, we read the Jack Reacher novel, I think it was, and there were there was a Bard narrator, and then there was the Audible narrator, and I had read it on Bard, and I struggled with it, and then Alan encouraged me to go to the Audible narrator to see. Do you remember that, Alan? Dick Hill is Jack Reacher. I'm sorry. Whatever. You, know, oh, you can disagree with me, but I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot get into his voice. I, I know a lot. Yeah, Bob, Bob Acosta is the same way. Oh, Dick Hill is Jack Reacher. I'm like, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I just can't. Well, I mean, I, I may have been, you know, tainted because the very first time I listened to one of those books, I got it from, a, you know, the Memphis Library and it was the commercial version. It was Dick Hill. And I just, I got used to him doing, doing the voice and stuff and just, mm -hmm. uh, 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 yeah, se several of the stories that Bard have are, are done by uh, different narrators. Some, of, some of whom I'm not that aren't my favorites. So you know, mm -hmm. I, I I stuck to the the commercial versions with the with, with the Jack Reacher books. Now, yeah, and I guess Dick. I don't think Dick Hill's died. I think he's probably retired. Scott Brick did the last one. So, uh, he's uh, good. Scott yeah, Brick he is, does a great job. Yeah, Scott well, if you ever want to read a good narrator doing a book from Audible. The her royal spiness with Catherine Kelgren. It, I mean, it is so priceless, and because she, you know, this this uh, Georgiana is such a total ditz, and that's <laughs> pure entertainment. Did you, did you guys like the end of the book? Because I thought maybe she would die at the end, but I was glad she didn't, and I thought it was a nice ending. It's just the end of the year, the end of New Year's yeah. Eve. She's home. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I did too. I didn't want to yeah. do a dramatic ending. She just got home from her walk, and yeah. 
that's yeah, what better, that's, better oh, yeah. cat. I liked it. Better cat. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm that's glad wrong. that's, you know, yeah, thanks yeah. For, for letting me know that. Oh, so. sorry. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. No problem. I, no. I am, she got I'm home, not... her cat gave her the what for for being out too late. <laughs> well, yeah. She fed, she fed the but cat, she, I think. I mean, yeah, they, so. they had yeah. that that was hanging over the story was that Bernard Getz shooting where he shot the right. kid yeah. on the subway yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of, I didn't, I didn't realize till they mentioned it that it was around the same time, but. Yep, it right. was. So, yeah. yeah. So it was sort of like, um. I don't know. I mean, she was, it wasn't surprising to me that she met up upon, upon these guys, but it was surprising to me how much she was challenging them because I just thought, yeah. you know, like, what do you, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I kind of got the impression that she, she knew if they took her coat, she might likely freeze to death before yes. she got home. Yeah. So I think yes. she was like, hey, we got to work something out here because, okay, you can have my mink, but I need something right. because I'm an old lady and I will freeze to death. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Why in the heck was she walking around this yes. city? You know, she was an eccentric old lady. <laughs> because that is what that generation, my mother was of that generation. And my dear, you went to the grocery store and you had your lipstick and da-da-da-da-da on. You never, she never walked out of her house looking the way I'm currently, currently am looking in a pair of old pants, you know, ever. I mean, it was, um, you, you put yourself together. And that is just that generation. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, for somebody who lived in the city as long as she did, it, it just, it always strikes me as strange that somebody would take that risk as they would walk for, I don't know, five miles or something? I don't know how oh, long a walk it is. Yeah, I thought it was about 10 miles. It's 10 miles. Yeah. But it's, it's so, there's so many deserted stretches. Like, there's just, yeah. there's a lot, like, even where she lives in Murray Hill at night, yeah. there's not that much going on there. I no. mean, it's pretty yeah. deserted. So yeah. I was like, I don't know. It just seems like I don't understand that risk mentality. I wonder. Especially in the mid-1980s. I wonder if she was sore the next morning. Yeah. I know I would yeah. have been. It said in the early part of the book that she tended to walk five miles a day. So she must have been That's, in pretty good yeah, shape. Good yeah. Shape. Yeah. But there's a lot of places that you could walk that are busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, and, and during the day as opposed to at night, too, right. is, you know, you could walk down Fifth Avenue from one end to the other. There's a lot of stores. It's busy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way where she was going, I just I couldn't get my mind around it. I thought I wouldn't have did that when I was 20. So, so I don't who, know. You know. Who was my you year in New York? You know, you. I mean, I don't know New York. So, right. Know. Yeah. So who yeah, was who in 1985, Michelle? Good question. Hmm? Who was, who was mayor, mayor in nineteen eighty five? I want to say, was it was it Ed Koch, maybe, or it was that might before have, that? He, it it might have been time. him or David Dinkins. David Dinkins, yeah, could have. I think David Dinkins was a little bit afterwards. I think so, but I I, I don't remember. I, one or the other. Yeah, that sounds about right. Actually, it just wasn't. It, it wasn't, I mean, I don't, I don't actually think New York is that safe now. Like people are like, Oh, it's so safe. It's so safe. There, if you go out at night, there's a lot of really empty places. In fact, on my street where I live, there was, they found 
like a year ago, they found there were a whole bunch of kids and they had a gun with them and they, and they found the gun underneath somebody's car because they were waiting to rob somebody. Oh and it goodness. wasn't that late at night. And I, I don't know what happened. They got scared or whatever. So I don't think it's so safe. Like people think it's so safe. Um, but it was a lot more dangerous then. Definitely. Ed, Ed Koch. Yes. Ed Koch was mayor in 1985. And yeah. all I know so, is that that was the time when they were having those trials for those people that had molested those kids. They had it on WABC because I was at Seeing Eye, and that's all we had listened to on, you know, going into the city and, and wherever we were going. And I, I remember that. I, I don't remember that. No, yeah, I don't, I don't either. I have to look smart. it up. Yeah. But they used to have, I, I, in the a little bit after that, I used to work in uh, Brooklyn, and my office mate used to listen to the radio every day starting at four o'clock because they used to have these things called days of outrage where people would jump on the subway tracks. So they would stop the subway trains and they were protesting. So he used to listen. He, I lived in Long Island and he lived in Connecticut. So he would start listening to the radio at four o'clock. And if they were having this days of outrage plans, he and I would leave the office early so we could get back into Manhattan. But then one time we missed it, so we had to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge to go back to Manhattan oh with everybody God. else. Oh my. So it was a crazy, it was like there was a lot of crazy stuff going on then, which, you know, there still is now, but it was, it was a lot of protests and That's a lot so of... It's amazing that you would jump yeah. on the tracks and not get hit or electrocuted. Yeah. It they doesn't just, seem they, smart, right? No. <laughs> but, a friend of my sister's uh, son's wife was one of those people that did that. Did oh, she? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, I, I, I never knew anybody who anymore. did it, but it used to happen all the time. It was only she in was, Brooklyn going towards Manhattan. Yeah. She was absolutely stark raving crazy. I mean, the woman was just nuts. What were they protesting? The I think it was race relations mostly. That was oh, my understanding. Oh, okay. um, so, you know, which so nothing it like was a legitimate protest, but yeah. it you know it messed everybody up that needed to get back to Manhattan. Which isn't going to yeah. endear you to yeah. anyone for your club. Not really. No. No. <laughs> wow. <Huh>. So <laughs> anyway, so it was it was interesting for me. Wow. It kind of brought me back in time a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, what part of the whatever. city do you live in today, Michelle? I where I live on the Upper East Side, actually. Okay. But I, I did I did live for a short time in Murray Hill, not far from where she lived in the book. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I actually know that neighborhood pretty well. What's interesting? What's interesting is part of the seeing eye training <clears throat> is that they take you into New York, and you know do the subways and stuff. Wow. And at that time, they did not take us in. Oh. I don't know if it was a new development after, you know, the, the la other three dogs that I had uh, from there. But uh, when I got my first dog, we did not go anywhere near New York. And, and it was like, mm -hmm. I can remember going home and telling my parents, just don't even think about going to New York. It's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable up there. Mm -hmm. Wonder what yeah. they did with people that lived in New York that needed to learn how to use oh, the subway. Oh, they took them individually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
That seems like a big trip, actually, to take with your dog, you know, because there's a lot going on here. Like, I wouldn't think that would be that would be a hard thing to do, actually. They would drive us into the Port Authority, and then we wow. would go up to, uh, what's that, Penn, not, is that Penn Station? Penn anyway, Station, yeah. Yeah, we would go to Penn Station and take the subway, you know, down about. Wow. I'm sorry, my oh, husband's using the blender right now. If that's 80, you know, I mean, you know, probably a couple of stops and then we would get off and then we would walk up to Times Square. And wow. depending on when we had lunch and then we would go through Central Park and and then, huh. you know, grab the, go to the next subway and then take down to the Port Authority. Even one time we went in there. Live, and, live, even if you didn't live in that neighborhood, they wanted you to be in such a busy place. That's oh, amazing. absolutely! Because oh yeah, because that that was you know the, we were actually most of the time spent spent our time in the gar, garment district with yeah. the push carts. Yeah. You know, it it just it strengthened the dog's guiding ability to get us around things and. That's amazing. Then, I, I did not know that, actually. That's really amazing. I would think they take you to some quieter neighborhood. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. right smack in the middle. And yeah, then, they, um, they take you to the busiest. Those are the busiest parts, actually. So I, yeah, I don't like to go to those areas now. So it's too busy for me. Because they were, they were saying in the book, you know, how nice Central Park had been back in the 30s. And by the 80s, and I'd heard this, too, on the news or whatever, that Central Park was not the place to go. Has that no. proof? Yeah, yeah. Is oh, oh definitely, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> because think of the Central Park muggings, all those women that were, or people that right. were mugged. And, that was in the 90s. And of course, John, I mean, I, John Lennon being yeah. killed there. Well, that was at the apartment, that, that apartment. Dakota, yeah. Dakota. I actually walk with a friend of mine. I just started a couple of weeks ago. When we walk around the reservoir, which is like a big body of water that they have in Central Park, and we walk together. And I wouldn't, I would not do it by myself because. And when we walk together, I like look, you know, I kind of try to see where I am and if there's anybody and and whatever that could. But I'm partially sighted, so I can see when people whiz by and whatever. And um, it's I I mean it's it's empty. It's a giant place. I mean if you mm. if you just if you take a few steps into the park and sit on one of the benches, then it's okay. But you got to be careful. I mean you really do um, because there's there are a lot of stretches. I think it was worse then, but still, you know, it's a great place to get robbed. I think <laughs> you know because mm. there's a lot of empty areas. So. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, and the weekends, it's very nice. The weekends is very busy. So that would be, there. That, but during the week, not, not as much, actually. Mm -hmm. My friends and I started doing this for exercise and it's really nice. It's very nice because instead of walking on the street, we, there's a lot of cars and what, it's quiet, but it could be too quiet. So, yeah. You know, we, we, uh, the last time I was there, they took us in, uh, and this was Christmas time. So they took us to Central Park, and then we went up to Rockefeller Center to see oh, three that's nice skaters. That's really nice, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice place. Christmas time is actually the nicest time to be in New York. It's it's really, the summer is not. The Christmas time is very, very nice. 
everything is really festive and it's, but it's very crowded. So if you walk along the streets, you walk very, very slowly. So because it's busy. Mm. But anyway, thank, thank you all for coming. I'm going to just let you know what the, the next book is. Um, so the next time we're meeting is May 3rd, which is the first Friday in May. And this is a very short book that we're reading. It's only three and a half hours. So oh, <laughs> nobody can complain. This book is too long. Um, it's called Our Souls at Night. I don't know if any of you have read it previously. Um, and the author is Kent Haruf, H-A-R-U-F. And the DB number is 81799. And what it's about, um, and also I'll mention that um, there, if you have Netflix, there is a movie with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda of this oh, book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. if you have, if yeah, which I saw actually recently with audio description, which oh. is great. Yeah. And um, so it's not, it's not as detailed as the book because I read the book first and then I saw the movie, but it's pretty good. Actually, he's really good in it, Robert. So is Jane Fonda. Actually, they're actually probably pretty good in the movie. Yeah. Um, and what I don't want to give the whole thing away because it's not a long book. But basically how it starts out is um, this woman, Addie, who's I think about 70. She is a widow and she walks up the street to, to Lewis's house and he's a widower. And she says to him, I'm very lonely at night. Would you come to my house at night and spend the night with me? Not in a romantic way, uh -huh. just, just as company. And he thinks about it and he says, Okay, I'm lonely too. And then he and they live in a small town. So you know everybody knows everything that's going on. So everybody has what to say and their families have what to say and they have a nice relationship. And um if you know Kent Ken Haruf wrote Plain Song, if anybody's read that, um yes. and some other books and he died recently, I think. And this was his last book that he wrote. It's a really nice story and very short. <laughs> So, so won't take, you could read it in a day if, if you want to, because it's only three and a half hours. And then, yes. like I said, if you have a chance to see the movie or, or download it maybe from Blind My Smart, possibly, um, it's called Our Souls at Night. Um, I, would, I would recommend doing that as well. That would be interesting to do. And it's so, 81799? Anyway. Yes, 81799 is the DB number. Very good. And Alan, what is you want to tell us what your group is reading? Worlds of Books. Uh, Great Expect Expectations by Charles Dickens. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll send out a newswire in a day or two. But uh, uh, there, and, there's and two. And Don also. Don left actually. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. There, there, there's two versions of Great Expectations. You just pick whichever one you want. Is there a who, who better the, one than other? Who are the readers? One of them's. Uh, Graham Malcolm, I think. That's the and only I, one I found was the Graham Malcolm one. Um, let me look at it real quick. I found two of them, but I knew Graham Malcolm, so I picked that. Well, that's the one I got. So Quite the best. And, of course, Novel Ideas is, is uh, reviewing um, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. On the, 20, on the 26th. Yeah. On right, the 26th, right. right. That'll be a big meeting, I think. <laughs> I think on the 19th. Yeah. 
Is it the 26th? Isn't that, let's see, 512? Isn't it like? I think it might be the 25th. Uh, no, it's it, the 26th. 26th? Okay. Oh, well, wait a minute. Because the 19th is Good Friday. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, so they right. made, so yeah. they made it a week. They moved it back a week. Oh. That's oh, right. It is the 26th. I showed yeah. up on the wrong day and been texting <laughs> Alan about where the heck he is. So. <laughs> okay. Well, that's for, that's for uh, novel ideas on the 26th. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the Mystery Book Club, which is Sunday, the what is the day on this Sunday? It's uh, always the last Sunday, I know. 28. Okay. Right. That's doing the moon spinners. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I should read that. I remember the book, the movie. Mm -hmm. And the, the other great expectations is read by Clark Niederjohn, which like. Oh, there, okay. So. But it's it's twenty hours and something. The other one's like seventeen hours. So I don't know. That's right. Difference. But I like Graham Malcolm, so I'm gonna read that one. So anyway. Well, I'll, I'll I'll keep trying to read it then. Well, you know, I, <laughs> it's it's interesting. I, 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 I mean, like Charles Dickens, and I never have read this one, so we ended up picking it. So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, it it is interesting. It's just very Charles Dickens. Dickens. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I usually like Charles Dickens stuff, but I haven't read. I've only read a handful of his things. So. Yeah, uh, but uh, I liked Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, that was short too. Yeah, I liked that one too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, and uh, it was a good discussion. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for all that information about New York, Michelle. That was very interesting. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. It, it was interesting to me because it was a, a lot of years ago. So I kept thinking about that particular time period mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was kind of brought me back a little bit. Mm hmm. Well, Michelle, I think you need to take a walk for nostalgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do that walk. I really, I would, I, I, I was amazed because I actually worked in that area like a little bit after the time. And it was so, I, had, I remember one time I had to go in on a Saturday and I, my friend also had to go in the same day too. And we met and we were like staying with each other because it was so deserted around there. Wow. And that was during the day. And I just yeah, thought, who would yeah. go here? And I don't, I don't even know where that restaurant is, but it has to be around there somewhere. I've heard of it, but I, I didn't know what street it was on. And I just thought, yeah, really? There are some people that might think, well, I'm going to be, in fact, I think she mentioned it in the book, will I be safe because there's nobody on the streets? Right. But to me, Unless my logic somebody pops out. If I'm going to be out walking by myself, I want to be in a well-traveled area where there's exactly. lots of people around. Right. <laughs> or like Sherry said, take a cab, like don't give all your money away and right, take a cab right. home, which seemed, you know, I would think she would have been so tired by the time she got to the restaurant. Oh, she well. just want to take a cab home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a pretty long walk, so I was tired oh, just thinking goodness. about it. I know, and cold. It was cold. <laughs> and cold, too. That's Yeah, you're right, actually. It could be very cold. Oh, well, maybe that's why she needed that mink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but anyway. Well, well, thank you, everybody. I appreciate your coming, and um, we'll see each other soon in one of the other groups, I'm sure. Right. Oh, okay. Everybody, okay. everybody have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. You too. Buddy, take care.
I think I'm host. You are. Do you know I am stop the recording? I do. I'll stop it right now. Actually, interestingly enough, um, it stopped. I'm stopping it right now. Oh, there we okay. go.